Hello, my name is Quentin Mims. I'm an actor, model, singer, and dancer. And you're watching Folks Alert on Apple Podcast. Welcome to the Folks Alert show. My name is Kiko. My guest today is Quentin Mims. As he has said in the beginning, he's an actor, fashion model. Quentin, how are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing tonight? I am doing great, man. I, I, I can't complain. I cannot complain one bit. You know, um, let me say, man, listen, I really appreciate you taking the time to come in and uh, hanging out with me this evening. Of sure. Anytime. How's how's your day going? My day is going good. I um I just received some really good news from my agent. Nice, nice. Yes, we 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 were talking about that in the pre-interview, so you you would definitely have to come back and 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 talk to us about that. Yes, <laughs> I I can only say it at this point. Uh, I have a recurring role on a very popular TV show on Peacock. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Other than that, man, listen, um, I found you by, by accident on Instagram, right? Like when we first, when we first spoke, right? We, what was it? Was it Thursday we talked or yes. Friday? Yeah. Yeah. So when we were talking, I've seen you before. Well, I've seen a lot of the commercial that you were in. Now, when you look at TV commercials, you don't, you know, you see these guys, the, the actors, but you don't really know them you know maybe like a hollywood actor but you keep seeing the same face and not knowing that you're that you actually know this person yeah, how how yeah. long let, let me ask you this how long have you been in the business my first professional jobs were in 1993. Mm. so of course i took off for a year at one right. time at least here and there and then the longest break i had for worse were maybe six years in the early 2000s do you did you always wanted to be an actor not at first um when i was in junior high school i wanted to be a math teacher like my oldest brother mm. and but that changed that changed after i noticed um an actor named sydney courtier okay and guess coming to dinner <laughs> well sydney is one of those actors man uh i'm a fan of sydney myself sydney's one of those actors that he did what he did with class yeah you know uh from the screen off screen you can't yeah. tell me uh, that another actor has carried himself like Sydney. Denzel Washington comes pretty close. Yes, he does. Right. Denzel Washington come pretty close. But Sydney is one of those actors that we had to look to Sydney. Sydney kind of like created the blueprint. Yes. Here, here I am talking like I'm an actor. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. In some ways, we're all actors, right? Right, right, right. In some ways, yeah, we are. In, in some ways, we all actors. Uh, Michigan. You grew up on a farm in Michigan. How? Take me back to your earlier days growing up on a farm. What was life like for you? Um, it was it was tough. Um, you know, anyone who knows Michigan knows that in the winter it gets really cold. Mm -hmm. All right, we get snowed in sometimes there. So, say on a Monday through Friday, right? I would have to get up before sunup. And all the animals, whether they were in the barn or outside, all had to have water. Their, their water troughs filled up. So that's what I did first thing in the morning, every morning. School day, weekend, water first thing before sunup. That was your job? That was my job, my first job in the morning. Okay. 
was it was live crop was live animals uh was the that was the the thing your, your your parents had on the farm or did you guys do crops vegetables that that kind of stuff yeah um ideally we had a vegetable stand in okay. front of our farm and people locals would come and buy okra collard greens turnip greens squash tomatoes potatoes sweet corn old field corn hay whatever whatever you needed we pretty much had it and if we didn't grow it on our farm or if we didn't sometimes we would rent other farmers mm -hmm. land you right. know who wasn't using part of it so we would we would um bother with like apple farmers blueberry farmers you know so, so this is this, so, so this is like whole foods <laughs> 2.0 before before there was such a thing called whole foods exactly exactly from so, the farm to the table exactly and my, and my mom we we of course not only selling our vegetables my mom would can um you know vegetables and stuff for us so we had during the winter just in just in case we couldn't get to the store we could go to the cellar and just grab a, a jar you know gotcha now yeah. you um you wanted to be, you grew up on a farm, wanted to be a, a school teacher. Yeah. And then you stumbled into this, this whole feel of becoming an actor because you saw Sidney Poitier on the screen. Tell me about that. How, how did that change? How did that, uh, you know, change for you after seeing him on the screen? you changing your, your whole career path. Well, Sidney Poitier was the first person, black man particularly, that I saw who didn't act like the black actors who were on other popular shows at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to name them, but it was a lot of the other black men on other shows were seemed to be um, portraying like a, like a lesser type role or playing roles where, you know, they felt it, it felt like almost like they were like sh like shucking and jiving all the time, right? You know? Gotcha, gotcha. And, and you know, so I Sidney Poitier was the first man, black man that I saw speak the way he spoke, uh, walk the way he walked, carried himself the way he carried himself, as you said, on screen and off screen. Yes. So, do you, do you recall the movie? Uh, particularly for me, the one that really touched my heart was guess who's coming to dinner what, what was it about that movie that that, that jumped out at you <laughs> well Sidney Poitier's father the character in the movie he uh -huh. was very stern right and he was hard on his son even though his son was a doctor and educated right he, he his character treated Sidney Poitier's character as if you don't son you don't understand what i went through as a black man yeah i know you're educated now but you need to you need to like kind of live in the world that i went through so he was trying to impose on his son that you know it wasn't this easy for me and i'm never gonna forget it and i'm holding all you know people that are not of color the blame you know maybe and, can you can you attribute that to maybe even in today's time um seeing what we see now a lot of parents are always like if if you see your kid you, you let your you, i mean we may allow our kids to go out the door but they're not guaranteed to come back right? so I, I think even with my mother you know they always want to remind us of how things can change so quickly. Yeah. So and, and I think and that, that's, and that, that kind of came, came across in that film. It did. That, I thought that was part of it, but I also thought a deeper part of it was, and, and this may be controversial for me to say, but I think in some ways his dad was maybe a little bit envious of his son because of the opportunities, the education, being a doctor, being well received, uh, you know, with people that were not of color at the time, and I think there was just a little bit of jealousy there, in a sense of, instead of saying, "Son, I see you. I'm so proud of you. 
let you know let let us embrace let me tell you i love you you know what i mean like his his dad in that movie didn't have that you know he he just couldn't seem to do it and, and if you remember the the there was a part of the movie where sydney stood up to his dad yes i remember he that said part. oh he said like you just you're just so stuck on what happened to you that you, you don't seem to be living in what the possibilities are now that can be and and in in defense of the character's father that could be fair too right because True. even yeah. even though that you're so successful and we see it today even though we see some some athletes of color that are so successful yeah at a drop of the dime everything has changed for them so oh, yeah the, the success can be even your downfall and maybe oh. and maybe sure. his dad understands that that even becoming too successful yes. too uh, what's the what's the word i'm looking for uppity so to speak yeah. right yeah. that can yeah. be that can be make people look at you different let me play a clip from that movie we'll come back and we'll talk about who's coming to dinner yeah he's so so calm and and and, and sure of everything he he doesn't have any tensions in him he knows what he believes and what he thinks is right and why and and where he's going. <laughs> oh, Mom, there's there's one thing I must tell you. He uh, he was married before and and he had a, a son and it was so tragic. Both his wife and his son were killed in a train accident in Belgium eight years ago. And John, I haven't even told you his name. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, it, it's John Wade Prentice. Isn't that a lovely name? John Wade. Joanna Prentice, I'll be. But, Mom, Mom, uh, there's something else uh, that I must tell you that John's been concerned about, very deeply concerned. He's been worrying for the past week whether you and Dad would be upset if... Uh, <coughs> Well, it's about time. I was wondering where you'd been. Mom, this is John. Dr. Prentice, I'm so pleased to meet you. I'm pleased to meet you, Mrs. Drayton. I take it Joanna's already busted out with the big news. Well, she has um, t told me a good deal, and all very quickly, too. She's only known me for 10 days, so she can't tell you when I'm blushing. <laughs> that could be another problem for us. You know. <clears throat> Mrs. Drayton, I'm medically qualified, so I hope you wouldn't think it presumptuous if I say you ought to sit down before you fall down, I mean. He thinks you're going to faint because he's a Negro. Well, I don't think I'm going to faint. <clears throat> But I'll sit down anyway. Classic. Classic. Classic Sydney. Yeah. Classic Sydney. Yes. So let me go into the father again. Sure. So he stood up to his dad in that movie. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I had not st stood up to my father. Because my father he only saw me working on the farm with him you know and eventually taking over the farm so my dad was very hard you know he was kind of like Sidney Poitier's character gotcha. father. he was so hard on me you know he he didn't see me you know for who I was who I, who I was becoming and he wouldn't have accepted it anyway you know, like you don't think so? My dad, no, no. He, my father was the type of man who, and my mom also was the type of parents that if they asked you to do something, there was no debate. You just did it. You know, right? And and my father, he, he didn't understand a lot of things like, like being an artist or singing dancing he didn't understand that kind of stuff 
he didn't know you could have a career and, and bring in income doing that. Right. You know, he just knew hard work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like working hard, physical. You, so when you when you were living at what at what point did you decide okay uh i don't think i want to be a farmer right i i know you saw the movie with sydney and you decided that this this is what i want to do at, at yeah. what age and at what point did you convey this to your parents that hey listen i think i want to go to hollywood well I, and, I, how, I and how and how did that conversation go I actually didn't convey that right away. I, I just wanted to play sports at first, mm -hmm. you know, like I wanted to stay after school, you know, to go, you know, to, you know, to um, practice for football or basketball. Gotcha. Right. But my dad was like, no, you need to be here after school because you got work to do. Right. You know, so that's what I mean. My dad didn't see me as doing anything other than what he needed and wanted me to do so i didn't even at that time i didn't know that that you could be an actor full-time or any type of artist full-time other than like a painter or you know like the stereotypical what artists are painters whatever musicians you know i didn't think that i didn't know actors were making money on you know in theater and and on on television movies and stuff i didn't I didn't even think about it. You know? I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone really thought that you could be making money as an actor or yeah. in television because those kind of dreams maybe have was too far-fetched. Right? Exactly. Um, so you so end I up... Can... So you end up leaving, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I left. Um, I left home and went to school first like a junior college but i didn't study acting what know? did you take i took business you know like business management if you will and um didn't end up finishing school because i really just wanted to move to either new york la or atlanta uh -huh. and and get into acting so that's what i did i i went down to atlanta to so I wanted to kind of get my feet wet because I felt I felt like Atlanta wouldn't be as overwhelming as New York or or um, LA, you know. Right. And so that's what I did. I, I moved to um, to Atlanta and I, I found an agent and started modeling, acting, you know, background mostly. What was it hard for you getting into that? No, it didn't. It wasn't hard, you know. Um, most of it in the beginning was background work. Um, they needed plenty of extras, you know, and then TV commercials, a lot of local, regional, occasionally a national. And then um, I started doing some runway modeling. Um, mm -hmm. There was a, a, quite a few black designers who you could model for them. They wouldn't be able to pay you. They may be give you one outfit, but you would get, you would become familiar with being on, on stage and walking a runway. That's kind of how it started. Yeah. But it wasn't hard. When you, okay. When, when you, do you recall when you got your first break? Yes, it was like a, your first um, big job. Like this is wow. It was a play. It was in uh, 1993. It was a play called the test of time. Okay. Um, it was a gospel play, and I was the lead in it. Yeah, and we toured. So at that time, if if it was an original play, mm -hmm. you had to travel to smaller markets like the Tivoli Theater in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. You know, and just smaller theaters like Savannah, Georgia. I don't remember all the names of the theaters that we. We traveled to, but right. there were there were smaller market theaters where you could build up the name of your play, where, you know, where people would be familiar with it. And if you made it past twelve months, you know, then you could do the bigger theaters like the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Gotcha. You know, so that's how it was back then. You know, you that, what, that what, first you, what year? What year was this? It was, it was 1993. 1993. 
1993. Now we fast forward to 2022. Okay. Oof. 2022, things have changed for you a great deal. Uh, yes. As as I was ju- as you was just talking, I put up uh, a scroll of uh, different images of you. Yes. And did you have any idea that you've been a part of some iconic brand uh your face has been everywhere as when we were talking last week i told you i said you kind of live the best of both worlds because you get to work in hollywood but yet you don't have to deal with the paparazzi and the, the overwhelming fame to where you can't live a normal life enjoy your success yeah yes so true. I um I although although I, I, I get a sense that a lot of people have seen my face, they've seen my work. Because if you go on YouTube, if you're you know, if you shop at a particular store and they have your email, you're going to see an advertisement right, that I'm in. Right. Pop up. Yes, right. Yes. Yes. Um so, you know, you might be in a subway somewhere, you might be at a bus stop somewhere. I mean, you're, you've seen my face. It's, there's no doubt about that. People yeah, have but, seen but they, face. But they don't, they, they listen, I, I didn't recognize, who, I, I've seen your face, right? And the yeah. first commercial I saw for you was the, I think it was a Lexus commercial, right? Yeah. But then yes. when I started, when we started talking, I was like, wait a minute, I've seen you in this commercial too. I definitely saw you in that Nike commercial. Yes. So... When it comes to brand advertisement, you've been everywhere. I, I have. I've been blessed to be. I mean, I, I had a commercial in the '90s. Uh, I did with uh, Maya Angelou. Really? Maya Angelou, Maya Angelou at, at the Spelman College, and it was for the United Negro College Fund. Whoa! Yeah. So you've seen me in that commercial because they always have that one person stand at the end and look proud. Right. That's you. That's me. And I was in the last one they ever did with Maya Angelou. Wow. And it ran for six years or more. I want to play some, I want to play some commercial, man. Um, <laughs> you've, listen, you've been a part of Levi's. Um, I know, listen, I'm having a brain freeze. Levi's, Wells Fargo, GMC. Let's play, let's play the GMC commercial. I want to play. I want to play the GMC commercial. We'll come back. We'll talk. Do I have it labeled? I think this is the GMC. Oh no! Oh, I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry. This is not the GMC. I okay. listen. I don't have it all labeled here, but I think this is it. GMC Sierra avec conduite main libre. Le camion le plus perfectionné et le plus luxueux de sa catégorie. Ouais, il est vraiment tripant. Tell me this. I that was Ta- the French version, actually. Y- listen, you're not only in the United States, but you're everywhere. Let me, tell me this. Y- you're sitting at home, right? Mm-hmm. There's no way you, you're watching regular, even... You're looking at TV and you see yourself on TV. Do you ever pinch yourself and say, wait a minute, that, that's me. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Like, wait, wait a minute, like know, that's me. The, especially the first time it starts to air, you know, like right. like the first time I've seen it. It's like, because, you know, you don't know, you have no control over when it's going to air. Right. If it's going to air, right? Because you get edited out. So. Oh, did, so. Yeah. So. Even if you shoot a commercial, there's a chance that you may be edited out? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. We actors are, well, we can be very nervous until it's actually airing because 
there's just no guarantee because I'll give you a for instance, okay? For instance, okay. I did my first Super Bowl commercial mm-hmm. was maybe about six years ago. So I'm all excited. I tell all my family and friends, right? You know, they're expecting to watch me. And then it never airs. What happened was there was some kind of special they wanted to do about a football player. Right. And the company that I did the commercial for, apparently, although they had that slot for their commercial, they they sold their slot. Wow. Probably probably for a lot of money. They sold their slot. So they never aired the commercial. So the, Super, the, never, the, the Super Bowl would have gave you a lot of eyes. My goodness, lots of eyes. Um, millions, millions. It, yeah, it could it could have been, I, I'd say it could have been thousands of dollars, like up into, I don't like to talk about the amount of money. You know why? I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Because a lot of people, they think that it's such, they think that what I do is easy, Right. So when you start talking about the money you make, they think, oh, that's easy. I can do that. And right. they, they, want, they, they try, they'll try it out because they think they're just going to get a windfall. They're going to hit the lottery, you know, kind of thing. Right. And what that does is it just crowds the industry with people who don't love what they're doing. Right. They're just looking for a payday. So I find Listen, that nothing, that, and nothing, I used to talk. that nothing you do is easy, right? We we've no. we've been talking during the pre-interview, right? And there's some things that we're talking about in terms of you have to speak a different language. For some some commercials, you have to speak a different language. You have to learn to speak a different language. Uh, so going on an audition or going on a job is not where you show up and you read lines, right? It's there's a whole process that goes into that. Yes, it is. But yes, it looking is. at you on television, that may be, oh, yeah, I think I can do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's not on some days when you're on set, you're you're on there for how long? All day? Long hours? Especially multiple, multiple expe- takes, especially before 2020. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, because of COVID concerns, they'll usually get you in and out quicker because they have other people they have to shoot, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's much, your time on set usually is much shorter than it used to be, which is good. So, but yeah, it's, it's a, but just being on, being in front of the camera, like right now I'm in front of this camera. Right. Um, when action is called, you have to be so dialed in, no matter how nervous you you might be inside, you know, you might have those butterflies going, you have to calm all that down and you have to speak these words that you didn't write, you know, and you have to speak them in a way where it's, where it's convincing, you're convincing other people that it's, you're speaking from your heart. Right. That's not easy when action is called. Because no commercial, no no commercial is the same. No commercial is the same. No TV set, movie set is the same. Mm-hmm. And and it's there's there is millions of dollars involved, millions. You know, from the DP to the uh, director, photographer. I mean, these these folks make top dollar. Right. So and, you so having an actor come on and don't know their lines is not they expect you to come there and be a professional they yeah and so when action is called i mean some of them will some directors are known for for doing so many takes where you know even the actors like and everybody else is like man i, I think we got this already you know <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I don't know i don't know if it's because the director is insecure and they're 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 you know they're just maybe trying to milk a little bit more money i don't know I don't know why they do it. Maybe they want to get the right the right shot. It has to be perfect. I want to play this Jason A. Banks commercial that you are you were a part of. Let me play this. We'll come back. We'll chop it up, man. Hold on. Yeah.
And that's why you look so good cutting that deal in that suit. Joseph A. Bank. Cut no corners. You, you cut cut no corners. Yes. How old is that commercial? That commercial was shot in the at the end of 2019. Mm. And it started running um I'd say February of 2020. So they had it in the can all this time. Yeah, and it 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 started running right before everything shut down for COVID in like March, April, right? Right. So they didn't run it for a long time because you see that me and the other actor are shaking hands. Right. And COVID was starting where they were like, we're not shaking hands anymore, right? Right. So it's just one of those situations where that commercial would have run longer. Right. If But for COVID and the handshake. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to play a clip from from you, which uh, it kind of sums up who you are. I, I want to play that clip. I want to come back and then we'll talk. Okay. What is amazing? Hmm. How about this? I want you to imagine your life with everything you ever wanted. Just humor me for a second this won't take long who would you be how'd you get there no think deeper think deeper Sorry. that kind of sums how you you know when we go back to the farm leading up to where you're at right now this point in your in your career um there's a lot of things happening for you. And when we did the pre-interview, you said this is your years being in this in this industry. Now is things you you now actually are benefiting, seeing things block. You're kind of seeing the roses come to bloom for you. How does that make you feel? I mean, I was here. You know, people can't see your wife, but we had a moment um, a few moments ago before we started recording. And it was, I mean, listen, I was happy to be part of that moment. You got great news. I got to witness it. Um, and she got the news the same time. You got the news the same time. And I, was, I was actually part of that, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for you, man. I'm really Thank happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy um, for you. It, it, it feels, right now, my life feels like, it feels like I'm kind of like, you know, they're saying cloud nine, like mm -hmm. it feels like I'm just kind of floating through the experiences in my life. Um, I'm so connected to everything that's happening too. you know, like, right. it, you know, because a lot of times things are happening slow and then they, they happen very fast, almost like being put in a blender, right. you know? So like sometimes when you're making something, it may be slow because you're prepping everything and you're putting all the ingredients in. And then, you know, when you cut the blender on or depending on how you're cooking, whatever you're cooking, the cooking part can be fast. Right. And it can be crazy, you know. And then you have this cleanup you have to do afterwards. So that's how my life feels. It's like every day I have two to three auditions. Mm -hmm. Every day, unless I'm on set already. And even there's times when I'm on set and a client wants to see me in a callback. And I have to use my lunchtime, a part of my lunchtime on set to do the callback on my iPad. Got you. So, you know, and then you, you count traveling, you know, going through to TSA and the Uber or Lyft ride to the hotel. Got you. Set. Yeah. It's like, and, it, and it's all amazing. It's all amazing. Uh, at the same time, it's like... Um, it's, it, it can be overwhelming at times, too, because, you know, like, I wish I had a twin. <laughs> you know, I wish I wish I had an identical twin that wanted to do what do what I'm doing. So right? it can be you so you could be at everywhere where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, when you heard that news that I heard. Right. When, you know, my manager emailed me 
and she said, "Hey, you know, I want to, I want to give them first. You understand the um, first option, second option, third right. option, right? And all that, right? So, yeah. so right now in the month of October, I have at least three clients that have me holding during a during a span of dates, right? And the job that just came, came in, in right, the, right, yeah. So, which which is the priority? The job that just came in is to me the priority of everything. Gotcha. Else, right? Um. So now we have to tell the other clients that you know because of this job that just came in. I'm not saying I'm not available, but you know. You might have to ask your client or tell your client that, you know, Quentin has um, something that just came up that that you you might have to be flexible with those right, dates. Right? Yeah, yeah. Make make some tweaking, right? Exactly. It's not a bad. Listen, so, it's it's not a bad position to be in. No, Q. Q. It's it's a, a it's a great position to be in. Uh, listen, yes. I, I'm. They listen. The people that are listening, they don't know, but I know. We know. It's it's a wonderful position to be in. Right. Yes. We can't we can't complain. No. Um more commercial, Q, more commercial. We're we're not done with the commercial. Here's a commercial. <laughs> listen, we can listen, you cannot even say anything. We can have a whole hour of commercial. <laughs> Just you and all these commercial people have seen. Yeah. Let's play let's play should. this let's play this golf this golf spot that you did. We'll come back with we'll talk. We believe a strong relationship can make your business stronger. I'm thinking of expanding my operation. Let's talk about it. That the right insurance company can help you see what's possible. Good shot. Of course, yeah. And that protecting your goals can start with a simple conversation. You think we're ready? I think you're right on course. Sentry, right by you. I must ask you, how is your golf game? <laughs> it could be a lot better. I could keep that left arm a little straighter, <laughs> you know? <laughs> listen, I, don't feel bad. I, I, listen, I've never stepped onto the golf course. Not yet. I, I will, you know, maybe one day. Ma yeah. Maybe maybe one day. Do you find yourself, okay, we did the, when you go on a on set, right? You, you know ahead of time where you're going to, to go, where you're going to be. For example, this, this golf, right? Did they ask you prior to say, hey, listen, we need you to, the actor have to play golf or no, no, uh, because you're going to be swinging a club? Yes, that particular job, they wanted me, me to be able to play golf. But you don't have to because they could have had a stand-in do it. Okay, okay. You just have to look like you know how to play golf. Pretty much, yes. Okay, I'll go. I'll go for that. I'll go for yes. that. That can. That, that seems feasible. You know. They, they, they prefer that you just be honest and say if you can or cannot do something, especially if it's a physical thing like golfing or surfing, skateboarding. You know, because um, they can all. You know, if they like you enough. You know, if it works out for the shot, they can change things and have a a person who can do, do yeah, that. Yeah, they'll, they'll make it work. They'll, work. they'll make it work. Okay. If they want you bad enough. All right. Yeah. I'll go for that. They call it movie magic. Movie magic. Talking picture. Magic. Let's play this reel for you. Sarah Casey tell you she never traveled before or after you left from Alice. Alright, Austin. This is I know about you. You like to travel. You only ride in certain taxis. You're an honest worker. Keeps a good ledger. You met Sarah Casey at O'Malley's last Sunday evening. You left the bar with her. Taking me out of the dinner. Give me something else. Because uh, Sarah Casey's disappeared. Good for her. She, she deserves to go away. People who go away generally leave a trip. 
Am I under arrest? Are you a killer? Have you ever shot anyone while on the job? Not yet. Don't you want to? <laughs> uh, listen. I know you do some movies. We we were talking um, last week, and you said you were you were auditioning for an indie film. How did that go? It went. I think the audition went well. I um, I sent it in. I I you know they probably received it today, and they're uh -huh. looking at all the um, auditions from other actors and everything. Right. But uh, I feel good about it. You feel good about I feel it. Yeah, I, I definitely was dialed in in it, and I, I I did the best that I could do with it. What do you like? What would you prefer to do? Would you prefer to do commercials or movies? If you had to would, choose, I would I would prefer to do movies. Yeah, I, and and I would prefer to do um, series that are on you know some of the streaming platforms like hbo of course you know who i would i would definitely prefer that but at you, the same you, time, you, you've done a lot of you've done a lot of commercials and print ads yeah i mean i would say that's my bread and butter you know um but uh the the films and and the original type film and tv movies shows I love those, especially if it's based on a, a real person that's, uh -huh. that was alive at some point, you know, where you get to become someone else. That is amazing to me. Well, the, the hours are longer, though, right? They are longer, but, you know, sometimes, I mean, you have time in between where you'll, you'll be in your trailer, you know. Because they, they're only shooting certain scenes and they just do usually have to do a turnaround. And if all the actors are are dialed in, you know, it just depends on whether there's some action that needs to be done or a stunt or something like that. Most of the time, the, the what takes time is setting up lights and, you know, setting up camera. That takes right. a lot of times longer than the actual short clips of scenes that they're shooting right you know so you don't even have to know all of the conversation when i say conversation i mean lines right but i call it a conversation because i want to stay connected to it right you know versus kind of the old way of thinking is oh i'm an actor and these are lines mm -hmm. versus you and i are having a conversation it's really easy. It's simple. We're just having a conversation. So right. I call it a conversation. Even when I'm on set and I'm working with other actors, we're just having a, a two human beings or three or four human, human beings having a conversation. It's just that simple. And if everyone is dialed in, it's not going to take long. Right. And it, it also has to be believable, too. Definitely. The conversation yeah. got to be believable. It has to be. And, and you, if you think about it too, you know, they've broken it down. They have a, a shoot schedule. They've broken it down. And in one day, in a day's time, say a 24 hour, 48 hour time, you only have to learn the, the conversation or your lines just for, just for that moment. And then once they got that done, you a lot of times have time to go into your trailer and learn the next scene. I, al I always thought that when actors are, are on movies, they, they have to know all their lines. No? Uh, so it depends. Um, some of the supporting roles where they're not saying as much, mm -hmm. a lot of times they will know all their lines. But if you have the main actor, like the Viola Davis, Denzel, um, you know, Jamie Foxx and Ray, right? Right. There's pretty much no way those actors are going to know the whole script from beginning to end before they start shooting. Because think about it. A lot of those actors have other films and family situations. They have things that are going on. They're flying back and forth to set. 
they're learning their lines on the aircraft <laughs> while they're sitting in first class. Right. Yeah, because what 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 happens is that we build up our memory muscle, like any muscle we have. The brain is a muscle too, so it's a memory muscle you can build, so that you can learn your your lines, your conversations quicker than it would take an average person. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is between the actors you're working with and the director, you just have to be able to zero in and dial into who you're who you are in that moment. As long as you can dial into that with the help of the director and the other actors and the work that you've done, you know, to know your character, know your character's history, what your character's fighting for. Right. As long as you know those things, you should be able to always go right back into it. So when now I could be wrong about this because, you know, again, um, I'm, I, I haven't done the type of movies that Jamie Foxx has done and, and Viola Davis or Denzel, but I'm pretty sure I haven't seen their interviews talking about all of the movies they've done, but I'm pretty sure that most of these actors didn't know all of their lines when they first got on set the first day. Right. Now, if it's theater play where they've rehearsed. Right. Right. You would know all, yeah, you would know your lines. You would know all your lines, but, or if you, you know, like Denzel has done some, some plays, Broadway plays, and then he's done the same play uh, in a movie. Yes. Yes. So of course he knows that. There but, is a, there's a, a video I like to play. It's you playing a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me, let me play that. I'll come All back. Right. All right. Well, I'm here to tell you that the more you give, the more you shall receive. Yes. Right now you can take out that phone and take out that app. We take Venmo, Cash App. All right. And we don't take 20s. We go up a little higher than that, right? Because the Lord blesses those who bless the church, right? So come on down and give out that money for me, okay? Come on, let me get that money out there. like the stars alive Wanna be a friend you can I like that scene. Thank tell, you. tell me about that. Well, um, that actually was a music video. That was from the music video of Jeanette Moye, I think is her name. No, that, no, that's from another. That, that, oh, that's another music video. That's another music video. I, okay. I did that um, for a friend of okay. a friend. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm originally actually born in Chicago. Okay. So. A couple of um, people here in Chicago, I mean, here in L.A. that I know who are from Chicago, you know, there's a lot of Chicago people in L.A. too. Right. And um, they tend to kind of like, for some reason, you always seem to meet them. Yeah, you know, other right. people from Chicago. Right. And it's it's a really interesting thing. We we tend to, I don't know, tend Con to like try, to tend to connect. It's a, it's yeah, a Chicago so, thing. It's a Chicago thing, you know. So I, I kind of did that as a favor, but I, I like the idea of, of playing a preacher, you know, like, cause right. that's a, a fun character to play with, right? you know, and, and all of that was at lib. All of it. All of it. They let me do whatever I wanted. Gotcha. I want to, I want to take you back to uh, maybe when the ni early nineties, I, I saw this on Jimmy Kimmel a while back where he talked about it uh where he i guess he was working for a news or he, he was a news report at the time in california and he did a report on martin martin lawrence the martin show yes where a bunch of people came <clears throat> and got married on the martin show just so <clears throat> excuse me just so happens you were one of those people that got married on the martin show yeah. how did that tell me how did that happen so I was married to a woman named Leslie and she was a braid and weave stylist in Atlanta. And she was working from our home. 
Mm -hmm. And she was listening to the radio station while she was working. And one of the um, advertisements, not an advertisement, but one of the radio jockeys said, write in 50 words or less why, why, why you and your soulmate should be, you chose to be married on the show or the set of Martin. And she talked to me about it. I told her, why not? You know, it couldn't hurt to write the letter because we wanted to get married. Right. And we didn't have a lot of money at the time, right? You know, weddings can be expensive. Yes. So they chose our letter. I think it was V103 in Atlanta chose our letter. They announced it in the morning, early in the morning, morning show. And then within two weeks, we were on Martin's set. Wow. Martin was our best man. All the other actresses and actors that on the show were there. And um, I forget the woman's name, but she actually sang Amazing Grace. And she's a wonderful singer. So that's how we got married on the set of Martin. Let's listen to some, some, some audio from this wedding that you did. Okay. Jimmy the Fox Guy in Los Angeles for WHA TV Channel 5 with newlyweds Quentin and Leslie Mems. Just married on a set of Martin. How do you feel? Absolutely wonderful. Great. You feel like you got the ball and chain attached to your legs now or what? Uh, no, we said we're going to keep everything basic and simple. You know, this, you know, this just means the paper because we were already there anyway. Oh, were you? Yeah. So you were planning on getting married. Yes. You were going to get married in Atlanta? Uh, no, South Carolina. Oh, you're on going to South Carolina on the beach with the family? or yeah. So the family must have been delighted when you hiked out here to get married on a sitcom, huh? Yeah. Is the family happy with that? I don't Actually, think so. At the first family... they didn't believe it. Who was particularly unhappy about it? Nobody's unhappy. Uh, it's a little disappointed, perhaps? No. Yeah, they, they wanted to come, I think. They wanted to come. But it was they short notice, so they weren't able to come. Right. Well... Sorry, family. I don't know what to tell you. But you're married anyway. You got some videotape of it, and uh, yeah. it's almost like being there. So you got to meet the uh, cast of Martin. Yes. Did you think that the cast of Martin would be in your wedding party? No. In your wildest imagination. No. Neither one of you ever been married on a sitcom before. No. Period. No. Not married. Period. So uh, do you have any of your derps? Uh, yes. And were you able to identify that that food? Um, yeah, I think I've had it before. It was fried something. Yeah. It's uh, Fox's special discount hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We give it to all the uh, prize winners. We treat them like royalty. So you're out in, Orlando, in Los Angeles. What are you planning on doing while you're here? Um, Venice Beach tomorrow. Right, freaks. Um, loaded with freaks. If you're in Atlanta, stay away from Venice Beach. There's another beach, though. We're, uh, we're taking suggestions. When, when, when you look back at that, <laughs> like, dude... You got married on the set of Martin. Crazy. Crazy, right? It, it, 2022, looking back at that, look, when you look back at that, what, what, what comes to mind? I just think about uh, how blessed we both felt. Um, it was our first time in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about sometimes like, how many other couples are maybe still together or how they're doing. I think about how um, that, you know, our wedding was to promote Martin and Gina being married on the, on this show, the right. last episode of the right. season. And um, all the, the entertainment networks that were there, you know, interviewing us. And it showed on all the entertainment shows. Right. You know, and I, I just feel like, you know, I was there to get married, even though, yeah, it was, you know, Martin, we watched his, his you know, I watched his stand up, um, you know, um, Death Comedy Jam when he was hosting, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've watched these actors and all of a sudden now I'm in the same room with them. But I was there to get married to the woman who I fell in love with, the first woman I fell in love with. Right. So I was just focused on that and I was thankful they were paying for it. But, but looking back on it, you know, I think about how um, there was no gray hair then. Right. <laughs> and um, 
I feel like I look the same, you know, and, but it feels like it was a lifetime ago too, you know? Right. It feels like a lifetime ago. Like it, it happened to me, but it's almost like it happened to someone else, you know? When you, when you went to LA to get married, were you, were you doing, did you have, did you, were trying to pursue acting or, well, modeling back then in Atlanta or that came yeah. after, that came after? No, no, I was, I was, I was an actor back then, model. I had to supplement my income sometimes, you know, driving right. a limousine or a taxi cab or something, you know. Okay. But, but I was, I was doing, I was in the industry. I just didn't want to, while we were there getting married, I didn't want to also try to get an agent or try to meet someone who was going to help my career. You understand? I was just focused on being there and being married and being present. Did you see the irony of that? You actually left Atlanta, came to LA to get married, but actually you got married to the industry. Didn't think about that. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that. Because Very. your employment lasts longer than the actual marriage. Because <laughs> you're actually married to the business that you're, the industry that you're in. Everything, true. everything was there for you. All the cameras, all the actors, all everyone was there. Yeah, yeah. And it was kind of like of a, an early celebration of what your life would become, without knowing it. So true. It's so true. I, just hearing you say that, um, it, it brings emotions. It brings, it makes me emotional. You know. Because um, I never thought of it, you know. Right. But yeah, that's very insightful of you. Yeah, I'm just observing. Uh, I wanna, I wanna say this. Um, it, it was, I got to experience uh, a part of your life that, you know, most people don't get to. Well, the public. Who are listening or viewing this didn't get to experience and i really want to say i appreciate yourself your wife for sharing that that small moment with me you know that's it was beautiful that and and that and listen i'm saying i'm gonna say it now i think that news is going to be so much bigger right and i got to i was there for it i was there i was when they came in i was right there <laughs> wow i was there thank you thank you you, you, you know, know you, that that also makes i don't know what it is but i'm, I'm, I'm getting very emotional don't just. don't get emotional man i mean it yeah. what's 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 for you is going to be for you and it's been it's been for you for a long time you know <laughs> even back then when you went on that set of martin this was you know but getting to the finish line is is way longer than getting you know it takes time and sometimes yeah. people don't want to go through the whole race. They want to take a shortcut, you know. But going through the race and experiencing the pitfall, the setbacks and everything, you get to appreciate it more when you get to the finish line the long way. You know, you reminded me of, if I have a minute to say this. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you reminded me of a, an actress friend that I I had in Atlanta before I moved to LA. She was trying to decide if she wanted to go to LA or New York. And at the time she was doing, I think children's theater at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. And one day I called her when she still lived in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And I, I listened to her voicemail cause you know, she didn't answer of course. And she said something to the effect of, you know, enjoy the journey, enjoy the journey that, that you're on, because if you get to the end of it, and if you write about it, you're not going to just write about the end. You're going to write about the whole journey. Absolutely. Because people aren't going to just want to hear the end. They want to know, they're going to want to know how you got to the end. So Absolutely. I never forgot that. I never forgot that. Quentin, it, it was a very 
very very great con- I, I i really enjoyed this conversation um i i would love for you to come back uh i mean we have to have more conversation yes you know and i'm really really happy for you Thank you. But before we go, I want you to tell me about this song, this music video with Jeanette Moyer. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. I want to close out with that song. So if you can help me introduce this song, um, this music video, tell me about this music video. Yeah, Victoria. Is it? It's, it's called Victoria? Her, her, the singer's name is, should be Victoria, yes. Well, her name, is, her name is Victoria. Yes. Okay. And she apparently wrote for a lot of other singers, like really well-known singers. She's been writing for years. Okay. And she she's with Sony Records. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like her coming out as a singer. I guess this song and a couple songs she did before this. Okay. And they needed a they needed someone to play a bounty hunter. Who better and, to um, who, who better to play that bounty hunter? Yeah, yeah, it was it was a it was a wonderful experience. We shot um, right outside of LA, about maybe two and a half hour drive, like near Palm Springs, Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. and um, it was a there was a a Western village there. They only use it for shoots. Gotcha. And um, yeah, you know, a hotel the night before, that was a long, when you talk about long hours, it was long hours. Long hours. Yeah. And then we had to do a a reshoot. So we had to go back out there a week or so later and and do reshoots. So it was, it was awesome. She's, she was one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Wonderful. Wonderful. Nice, humble. And she was pregnant, by the way. Really? She don't look pregnant yeah, in this. Say again? I said she didn't look pregnant. No, no. She was she was maybe about three months pregnant at the time. Understood. Yeah. And um, I was just supposed to have, you know, I had a goal that I was going to pay this bartender to let me know when she was there, you know. Uh, to You know, so I was trying, I was looking for her and they set me up. She poisoned me, you know, while I was paying her the, the gold to to get to, you know, this, uh, this, um, the bo- get the bounty, get the bounty. Thank you. And gotcha. um, so, yeah, that's what that's that was the, the, the scenario. You can see she's poisoning me now. So, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. And uh, it was my first time being hit with a, uh, a stage <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry. Listen, you'll be in a lot of movies. You're gonna get a lot. You're gonna get a hit. It's part of the job, sir. Exactly. <laughs> it's I mean, part that, of the that, job. Was, that might have been a concussion <laughs> <laughs> because we had to do that a few times. Right. Yeah. Well, listen, Quentin, man. Listen, it was great. I love that. I love having you here. Uh, you're more than welcome to come back anytime, man. And um, it was a pleasure, man. Really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I hope to, uh, you know, just like stay in touch with you, you know, through via Definitely. social media and your station and Definitely. You know, Definitely. just to uh, see what you're doing and how, you know, your life is changing and growing. And, you know, yeah, I, I believe that this is just the beginning of a, a relationship. Thank between, you. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I will play this video, uh, Victoria. And um, listen, it was a pleasure having you here, sir. Thank you. All right. Take care. I enjoyed it.
Thank you. 